What is up, GDFB Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. This is your host, as always, Ben Mayfield. Ladies and gentlemen, I am. This episode is incredible, insightful, in depth, and wonderful. I I can't describe it well enough because I have a, a longtime guest. Y'all know him, Mr. Nathan Dickens, and Nathan is a wonderful human being. And I was legit tired last week. I didn't want to do a podcast. I just, I, it's one of those days where you come home and it's like seven o'clock, and you just want to go to bed. And you're like, "Well, I can't go to bed at seven o'clock. Like, you know, I can't sleep for fourteen hours, but I probably could." And Nathan texted me and said, "Hey, man, like, you know, if you don't want a podcast, that's fine." And I said, "No, like, I need you. Let's do this." And so he came over, and I just had a lot of things on my heart, my mind, and and we just deep dived and. and and Nathan gets, you know, he's a spiritual man, and he gets in depth on this. And I try to, I try to keep up with him because, you know, he's got a little more knowledge than I do being in seminary. But overall, it's a, it's a wonderful episode. I really just feel like you'll get something out about this. We we talk about life, and even if you're not a, a Christian or, or a spiritual person, there's a life aspects in this episode that we talk about that you can take home and go, oh. This is useful. Oh, this is going to be impactful. And I really believe in this episode. So enjoy it. I hope you love it. We talk about life and like we break up life into like a different acronym. You know, love everyone, inspire many, fulfill God's call, empower others. And those four elements, you can create life. And so I just really think you'll love it and be impactful. And if you're listening to it, and there's one of the elements that you liked or there's something that you respond well with, DM us, message us. I know I get a lot of DMs per episode, and it's really funny because sometimes I'll get a DM about an episode that's like two or three weeks later, you know, whenever they first listen to it, and it's like, I have to think about, like, what what is this in reference to? So DM us. It's a lot of fun. If there's anything that you liked or you want to add to it, we'll give you some shout-outs on the podcast for sure. I just love the interaction with the fans and you know, y'all are the herd, man. Y'all, y'all keep this podcast living and thriving and moving forward. So I just really appreciate all that y'all do and and being part of the Great White Buffalo Nation for sure. If you haven't got any merch yet and you like some DMS, I just got a, a shirt and hat sold yesterday. So if you want some stuff, let me know. We got it. We got plenty on deck right here. We are running a little low on the hats. So if you want to get those, get those quick. We appreciate the love and support. If you are on Apple, literally, and I want to give some shout-outs, honestly, because it helps the podcast out so much, you know, when it comes to credibility, when I try to get guests on here, and I say, hey, I look at the, you know, the podcast, and they go and they look at it, and they see, like, oh, they have, like, you know, 15, you know, uh, you know, 15, five stars, or whatever it may be, and they go, okay, this is legit, and so I have... 58 five stars uh, ratings. I want to give out a little shout out to uh, PJ. I want to give out to Quaid. I want to give a shout out to uh, Lily Annie Crad 220. Some of these people. Uh, Rihanna Patterson. A lot of y'all gave us uh, some recent July and June five star ratings. Those are our most recent ones. And so I just want to appreciate y'all for giving us those five star ratings and writing a comment. It takes five seconds, y'all, and it helps us out so much. So if you're listening to it, not that I'm begging or anything, but I just really appreciate that, and it helps us out, helps us get noticed. 
So anyways, let's get back to life. Let's get back to this podcast. I think you're really going to love it. Nathan Dickens is incredible. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. Wandering through the great plains of life. Things move fast, sometimes a blur. Don't you let this bumpy road separate you from the herd. When you think the day is done, the sun is getting low. We're all looking for something rare. The great white buffalo. The great white buffalo. Podcast with Ben Mayfield. What is up, GW Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a special treat today. If you love someone who is insightful, thoughtful, innovative, a trailblazer in his field, You've heard him on the podcast. He's been our uh, the number one, I don't want to say number one voted guest. We haven't done a poll yet about who's the favorite guest of all time. We're going to do that soon. But you've been on the episodes the most, I'm pretty sure, by like 45 episodes. It's Mr. Nathan Dickens. What's up, Nathan? How you doing? I love how I have like a, only 53 episodes or 54 episodes yeah, or something, was, and you've been on 45 that, yeah. of them. Yeah. I was like, okay, who, whose podcast is this? Yeah. It's Nathan's. Uh, no, but listen, y'all have heard his voice. You've been on a lot of them, and you're, I've said, I said this to a lot of people. You're a great, like, co-host. Like, you don't try to dominate. Like, if I'm interviewing someone, like, it's their first time on the episode, I always want you to be, like, my my, my side chair. Like, you know, Jimmy Fallon and, you know, I'm, I'm your you know Maverick. Higgins. My Maverick? Yeah. Dude, I love it. You normally sit in the Maverick? You usually sit in the uh, the co-pilot chair. Normally, right now he's in the guest of honor chair, yeah. and you know what? I may rename this chair the Dickens chair. The oh, name. please do that'd be great. Dude, I'll, I'll, I'll buy a plaque you could put on the back, dude. If it's Velcro, it sticks to the chair. Oh, even better. Yeah. So we'll talk about that later. We'll, uh, what's in the budget? Um, but ladies and gentlemen, I'm really excited to have Nathan here, and I'm not really this episode. I'm not interviewing Nathan. It's not like you know. Get, let's get to know Nathan's history. We may do that at some point. Get to know his story, his walk of life. I know he did the. The World Race, which is like a mission trip, 11 months, 11 countries. I know we joke about it, but that's actually a pretty serious and phenomenal trip that you've been on. Wesley director for uh, eight years? Just finished my ninth. Just finished your ninth year? Yeah, bro. Golly, you're getting old. I know. Um, he's only 12 years old, folks. He's nine years as a Wesley director. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, a military kid, which we both were military kids. Mm-hmm. You know, yours was a little more extreme than mine was. I never had to move around, but you did. So there's a lot of really cool stuff about Nathan Dickens. But yeah. we'll, we're going to save that for another day. Okay, we'll save that for um, another day. Because that's going to be a good episode. I just, I literally, we haven't talked about that before just no, moment right not. now. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, oh my God, that's a good episode. But one of the things I want to talk to you is uh, being your spiritual background and, and working in the church. And, you know, I also work at a church and have a semi spiritual background. Is I've been thinking about this lately about what our purpose is. And I talked about this multiple episodes, and like I've been talking about this with my kids, about knowing your compass, mm-hmm. you know, your northwest and the quadrant. But like what's really important that I'm realizing is a lot of times we spend, I'm trying to see how I word this, a lot of times we spend time fixing ourselves or working on our relationship with God or working mm-hmm. on you know, our relation with others, and that's important. I think that's really important, and it's very critical. But I think there's a second step that sometimes gets often overlooked, which is 
God wants you to, you know, love God, but also love people. Yep. Like, go out, love people, create disciples, go create community or be involved in community, go out and spread the gospel, spread um, good words, good cheer, go out and help save people. Not that you're saving people, but help lead people to Christ. Build homes, do mission trips, go serve people. Um, service is important. Caring for people. There's a lot yeah. of things like that that I really think is important that we we don't. Not that I don't, I don't want to cast that out to everybody, but it, sometimes it gets overshadowed by like I need to get Zen with Jesus, like I need to get right with Jesus, mm-hmm. and like we spend so much time on there that if you're in Jeremiah chapter seven, it said. If you're going to come to my church and be part of the church, you know, or the temple, and you're going to be a part of this, but then you're not living it outside, then mm-hmm. don't like. What do you think my? What do you think the temple is? Is it a house of, uh, of thieves? And what he's trying to say is like, if you're one way at church and not the same, then you're not, you're missing the purpose of why you're in church to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like the church is supposed to be not just a a club or you know a hangout. It's supposed to be transformative. Like it's supposed to transform mm-hmm. you into a light or a disciple of Christ, and then you go out and do that, like outside the church, yeah. and then you come back to the church to sharpen, you know, iron sharpens iron. I think we lose that sometimes, and then we lose the the purpose of life, yeah, and what life is supposed to be. And shout out to Lauren Gruns and Chris Davis mm-hmm. and Avery Ross, the four of us, myself. Shout out to Ben Mayfield. The four of us sat down. And we came up with this T-shirt and this idea of what our youth ministry was going to be for that year, and it's going to be about life. And it looked like the cereal, you know, life cereal. Yeah. And we broke it into an acronym, where L, and it, we'll break it down piece by piece. And this is where I really want your insight and talk about it. So if you're listening right now, and you're thinking, okay, Ben, what is life? What is it supposed to be? What am I supposed to go out like? What does that look like? The L stands for love everybody. Love everybody. And I think that's the reason why it's so important, and it happens to be the first letter in life, is love. God is love. Jesus, so God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to die. We're supposed to love God with our heart, mind, soul. We're supposed to love thy neighbor. Love is interwoven and interweaved throughout the whole New Testament, and and even in the Old Testament. So love is important, and it's important to love everyone. Mm-hmm. Not just, um, you know, some people. Yeah. Not just the ones that are like you. So what are some things in, in your walk with Wesley Ministry or with, you know, your own personal walk? What does it mean for you to, like, what does that look like to love everybody? Well, I think on a practical level, the the thing is, is that we live in a culture and a time where especially everything that's going on politically and everything that's going on uh, just around our nation, that we're, we're very much in a place of an us versus them mentality. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not for us, you're against us. Uh, and if you're not, uh, if you don't identify this way, then you have to be that way. And we love putting people in boxes and we love putting people, um, we, we, we're not even really seeing them as people. We're just, their objects, right. and and so I would say, uh, for me, loving everybody um, is really like it, it. It's treating everyone 
it's treating everyone the way you'd want to be treated. I mean, the golden rule that Jesus said is, is treat others the way you'd want to be treated. And it doesn't matter what they look like, and it doesn't matter uh, what they believe. It doesn't matter, um, really, uh, it doesn't matter their sexual orientation. It doesn't matter any, nothing, it doesn't matter. What matters is that they are fellow human beings, and if we believe that God created everything, and if we believe that God created a, a human beings in His own image, and if we believe of what it talks about in Psalms 139, that we were uniquely and wonderfully created in the womb, and we believe that um, God sent His Son to save the world, and John 3.16, and then 3.17 says, God did not send His Son to condemn it, but to save it. If we believe all these things, then every human being on earth has worth. And every human being on earth is owed respect from other people. And if we understand that we're all sinners, and none of us are good enough to, you know, we, we're, we can't have enough righteousness. to It's only by God. That means every person's on a level playing field, and we are to take care and care for each other, no matter who they are, no matter what they look like, no matter what they say, we love and respect and care for people. Um, and, and I think that that looks... That, that, that manifests in a lot of different ways, taking care of um, the poor, taking care of um, disenfranchised widow. people, the widows. I mean, it, it's, it's fighting for justice. It's, um, it, it's taking care of people and treating people the way you would want to be treated. It, it seems very well, simple, but it's, it, it's that. It reminds me a little bit, too, of like, it, there's a lot of division right now. You're talking about that. Like, I see it on Facebook all the time. People get in these oh, little, yeah. little group chats. We have one, and I'll, I'll put it on blast right now. It's called Say What You Want, Delonica. And people just want to tear into each other. And it's just yeah. nasty comments, just mean, hurtful things. And, yeah. I, and I've worked with people who are kind of like that, but you're like, are you a keyboard right now? Because you're just saying things that are just you know, very bold and, and, and not kind. And they would never really say it in person, but they'll say it online. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, for sure. Is... Everybody, everybody has a story. Everybody has experiences, yeah. and everybody has a different path. And so, to to love and to respect, not only to enriches their story and 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 gives worth to their story, it also deepens your story and your knowledge. Of if I don't know who Nathan is, and he says something that is vastly different than what I believe in. To not then go, well, my immediate reaction is to attack. My immediate reaction should be, let me listen. What yeah. do you got to say? What is it on your heart? Like, are you saying this out of just ignorance, or are you saying this because in your walk of life, you've experienced something. You've experienced hurt. You've experienced pain. You've experienced, uh, you know, being ostracized based on the way you look or the way you act or uh, the people you love or whatever it may be. And it's difficult because I also have my experiences, and I just want to like, oh, that's mm-hmm. that's wrong, that's wrong. But just taking a step back and going, how can I love you? How can I, you know, uplift you? How can I pray for you? And it's difficult, but having that practice and that discipline to go and say, hey, I don't know everything. I'm not trying to to say that I have all the right answers, but my immediate reaction shouldn't be let me condemn you, let me put you cast you aside or say you're not worth or say that you have no worth let yeah. me 
let me love you. Well, I think I think we again we live in this culture of we have to be right, mm. and so a lot of times whenever we're in conversations or we get into disputes or we want to tell some uh, you know we're trying to get into we get into these arguments and disagreements. People aren't really listening. What they're doing is they're trying to find something to combat what you said to prove that they are right and that you were wrong. Right. And and it's demonizing people and it's 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 already thinking the worst of them because once you figure out one or two stances of what they stand on politically or what they stand on um, faith-wise or whatever it is, you start lumping them in that box and you stop hearing them. And what you want to do is you want to you you want to prove that you are right. And that's something that, especially from the Christian side, I think what's difficult or can be challenging is that we are to go out and tell people of Jesus Christ, and we are to go out and we hold on. Here's the, here's the thing, too, is that we also don't know how to disagree well. Um, it, just because you, like, loving someone and caring for them and hearing them out doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything and doesn't mean that you have to let go of your own uh, morals or thoughts or ideas. Um but we people don't know how to understand that you can disagree and still fully love and respect and care for them, even if you have varying different thoughts. And so loving and caring for someone, um, especially when it comes to that practicality, is, is caring for them. Even when they hate you, as Christians, we are called that even when people hate us, we choose to love them. Even when they disrespect us, even when they... Um, throw insults, even when they um, spit at you, even when they, you know, I always think of the Good Samaritan in this whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting story. I'll try to sum it up because I know I can ramble. But, you know, Jesus understands who he's talking to. A religious leader, a Jewish religious leader, an expert of the law asks Jesus, um, you know, what do I need to do to inherit the kingdom? And Jesus says, well, what does the book of uh, Moses say? What does the law of Moses say? And he says, to love God with everything and love your neighbor yourself. He said, exactly. He said, well, who's the neighbor? And so <clears throat> Jesus goes on this story, and he starts telling of this guy going from uh, Jerusalem to, um, where's the, where the other town? It wasn't Jericho, was it? Um, Jerusalem it was to Daytona, maybe? Yeah, whatever. Anyways, Jerusalem to, I think it might have been Jericho. I can't remember. Either way, that road is very famous. Um, it's about... Damascus? No, 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 no. The, this is the Good Samaritan story oh, okay, where he said, no. I think it's Jerusalem to Jericho. Yeah, keep going. I'm it's sorry. about, a, I think, a 3,200 or 3,500 foot elevation change um, from Jerusalem to Jericho, uh, north to south. It's very, it, back, it still is very rocky, very, um, it's a dangerous road, not only for the elevation change and coming down, but also there were a lot of thieves and robbers that would hide there. And if you get stuck out there, because it's about 18, 20 miles. Um, to from Jerusalem to Jericho, I believe it's Jericho. Ben's fact check me. Yeah. Um. But uh, anywho, uh, the Jesus says, you know, there was a a Jewish man that was hiking down there, and he was robbed, and he was beaten to the point of almost being dead. And then it says that a priest comes by and sees him, and like thinking that he's almost dead or get dying and decides to walk on the other side of the street. Now, if you remember, I think it's Numbers 19 or Numbers 16, there's a law that if, if, if you touch something um, that is dead, you become unholy and uh, ceremonially unclean. And so you have to do a... a Jerusalem a, to Jericho. Jericho, right. perfect. Yep. 
but um, you have to do a cleansing within, I think it's three or seven days, in order to be clean, ceremonially clean again. Um, and if you don't, then you're outcasted from the Israelite nation. Mm-hmm. And so listening to that, you would at first say the priest is absolutely right for crossing the other side of the road and not coming close to touching something that's dead because he's still got a couple days hike. He's got 18, 20 miles. I mean, he could probably do it in a day if, if you're working and hard. But the road was known as mm-hmm. the way of blood because blood is which often shed by robbers. Yeah. And so, so then the, the priest's hand uh, comes, not his physical hand, but like his helper or whatever, comes behind him and does the same thing. Well, then a Samaritan comes down on the road, and the Jews and the Samaritans absolutely hated each other. They had a deep history of violence and killing and just nastiness. And the man has a donkey with him, and he's got these oils, and he's got money, he's got all this stuff on him. And he decides to pick up this almost dead Jewish dude and carry him the rest, puts him on his donkey and carries the rest of the 18, 20 miles, which means it's going to be a slow trek. He's got. He's going to be a lot more susceptible to robbers, and he's got to get this wine and uh, oils and all these things back to Jericho so he can, you know, make a living for his family. Mm-hmm. But when he gets to Jericho, he takes the um, the Jewish man to let's just a hotel, and he tells the innkeeper, the hotel keeper, like, "Hey, keep this man here, and if he needs to stay here any longer, charge me. I'll pay for it." All of his family would have said, are you the biggest idiot? These are our enemies. Do you not know? I mean, he could have been outcasted from his family for caring for this person, for loving him the way he does. So at the end of that story, Jesus looks to the the religious expert, and he says, now who do you say your neighbor is? And he said, the Samaritan. He said, so likewise, go and love your neighbor. And so the thing is, is that we are called to love people, even if they don't look like us, even if they don't act like us, even if they don't believe the same political systems, we care and love for them. It doesn't mean we have right. to be run over, we don't have opinions, or we can't hold on to what we believe. But the point is not, let me win an argument, let me box people in something else. It's to take care of creation and, and fellow humans and whoever that is in your life, like truly diving deep, even when it, when it, when it comes at a sacrifice at yourself. Right. I do. Uh, he said, uh, "He who showed mercy on him," and he said, "Go and do likewise." One of the things I love about the Good Samaritan is the second person was a priest that uh, walked by. And it was did, a, it was a priest. Didn't do anything. Yeah, the priest, and then it's the priest. Uh, uh, the, then, then a, uh, a Levite, Levite. Yeah, it's it, it, the what that was back then was yeah. kind of like the second. Lo- it, it was still kind of priestlyhood. But oh, it was, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was. When I read that the first time, I, I thought to myself, when the priests, like, you know, the robbers came and then the priests walked on by, was sometimes the people who proclaim to be Christians or proclaim to love and proclaim to do these things, but then when we get to the situation of like, well, are you going to take the action and actually live it out, or are you going to walk on by? But that's the interesting thing, because in Numbers, like I said, it's either Numbers 19 or 16, mm-hmm. it talks about that you aren't supposed to touch dead things. So here's the thing is that the priest isn't just seeing someone hurting and saying like, oh, oh, you know, I I just don't want to deal with this right now. The priest is looking at that and saying, oh, the law is forbidding me to do this. And so Mm. that's the thing is that 
we, we can trick ourselves into saying, well, I'm following the way of God because uh, these sinners over here, and they don't, right. so I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to love them because they don't believe what I believe, or, you know, they're making a mockery, that, and it's like, hold on, hold on, you're missing the point of what the law is going after. You're missing the point of what God's heart is after, that it's not always fun, and it's not always going to be easy. But you love people even when they hate you. And that's the thing that it's not just that the priest just didn't want to do it or was like, ooh, this is going to be inconvenient. He was actually trying to use the law to say, no, I'm in the right here. And that's where it gets really, if we're not careful, we can do the same thing. We can use Scripture and we can use the Bible to say, you see what what Scripture's saying here? It says, you shouldn't do that, blah, blah. And we feel like we're in the right, so we're winning the argument. And really what we're doing is we're forgetting the whole point of, you can still hold on to what you believe, and you should. You shouldn't just sway with one side or another. But you still treat people with love and respect and care, and even at the point of being it being detrimental sometimes, I wouldn't say detrimental, sacrificial, that's what we're called to do. And I think that's how you, how you love and care for people, you know, and, and it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. It's going to be difficult, but that it, it is sacrificial love. Uh, to quote the one of the great philosophers from the East, Jackie Moon, who said... Mm. Everybody love everybody. Mm, Jackie Moon. Um, the second letter into life, and just kind of go into that, is we came down and we we're talking about you know love being the first, and that's why it's the mm-hmm. most important of, of life. The second is inspire many, and I think when we we're talking about that is we think of, I think of people like my dad who inspired me. I think of people like at the church, Jeff Ross, shout out to Jeff, Chris Davis, yep. Nathan Dickens, all these people who have inspired me, but also in Scripture, there were people who inspired me, and not just in a in a heroic way. You know, you could think of, like, David and Goliath, and David was, like, a hero and inspires me yeah. to, you know, like, to, to trust God, to go against the Goliaths. But I also think of people who inspired me because when the tough got tough, they, they, they knew their faith was built on Jesus. I think of Peter. Peter messed up. Peter denied mm-hmm. Jesus, but then in um, in Acts, you know, I, want, I don't know, I can't. I think it's chapter twelve, maybe something like that. He went and he spoke boldly, like went out and like in front of the the, the priests and said, "No, this is this is the faith." You know, and I see that, and I said that inspires me to go. I want to dig deeper. Yeah, I want to dig deeper in my faith. I want to be someone who. Um, is not only hearing the word of God, but living it out and doing and being doers of the word. Um, you know, James one twenty two says, "Listen to." He says, "Do not merely listen to my word; go and do what it says." Mm-hmm. And I think when I see that, and I see that in Peter, or I see that in my dad who inspires me, or you know, Chris Davis. I see these uh, these guys, Ursula Leasing. Um, sh- she's incredible, and I see them living out faith, and I see them living out their lives in a godly way that inspires me to be better and to do better. And mm-hmm. so when it says, you know, the second letter being I, inspire many, is saying you have an opportunity and a responsibility to live a godly life. And through that, God inspires them. Not necessarily just you, like you're not the one that inspires yeah. people in life, but God through you can inspire people. Yeah. And I think that's important. What do you, I mean, I think, I think yeah. that's really good, especially, and, and what I would say is the inspire many, sometimes, especially... Um, 
you know, through movies and our culture and all that type of stuff is we've got to do, we've got to inspire many by doing something great and something big and being um, something way bigger than what we are so we can inspire as many people as we can. There's, you know, there, there are people that do that and there are things that God blesses people with opportunities to do that. What I would say is inspiring many starts by just essentially knowing your lane and, and, and just living out every day. And you inspire people, and it's not about—God may bless you, and you may become the, the next Andy Stanley. You know, it's easy for a lot of pastors out there to look at the Andy Stanley and his dad and, and, and to be like, wow, they inspire—or your uh, um, Billy Grahams or— Can I, can I interrupt you just real quick? Yeah. Somebody, um, you know, called him Flat Stanley— and I was like, you know, they're like, they were joking, obviously. I love Andy Stanley. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you listen to Flat Stanley. And I was like, I, I mean, he's not like flat. I mean, he's pretty like on point. Like he does really good messages. I, I don't know, like, you know, like, you know, yeah. like tone deaf, flat singing. And I just didn't get it. And I've heard that joke a couple of times. I'm like, I don't know why they keep calling that. Like, he's actually really good. And I, someone said it, and I said, why are you calling him that? He's not flat. Like, he does a really good job. And they look at me like, are you an idiot? We call him Flat Stanley because he's on a TV. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Like, like, like it made yeah. so much sense. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm the dummy in the room. Okay, I'm so sorry. Now I get the joke yeah. that I've heard for the last three or four years. I, just, I don't know if that, you, no, you've ever good. heard that. That's good. No, I hadn't heard of that either. But, you know, we, when it, the Inspire Many, we're like, oh, we got to be the Andy Stanleys or the Billy Grahams or the John Wesleys or the John Calvins, or we got to do these great things. And, they, and there's nothing, you know, inherently wrong with that. And, and God will call some people to be raised up to, to, you know, bring thousands of millions to come to him. But what I would say is Inspire Many, just understand and recognize kind of the lane and the stage of life that you're in. And, and just do your best to, to care for that next person. That's something I love about Chris Davis being a youth pastor is that he's inspired a lot of people, not only just youth now, but they have grown up to be adults. So, you know, but what he recognizes is, I'm not trying to be the best youth pastor and reach the mil- What God has me at is in Dahlonega, Georgia, at Dahlonega United Methodist Church, and I want to take care of the people that I can take care of. You know, if you're in high school inspiring many, like someone's going to be picked on or something. You be the person that says, that's not what God wants us to do. And you just take care of that person and, and it multiplies. I mean, the, the Christian faith should be extinct. I mean, Jesus had 12 followers. I mean, there were many more that followed him, but he had 12 disciples. And out of those, you know, I mean, it, 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 it was a very grassroots thing. And out of him picking 12 disciples and then following him, and again, there were other followers, but it's become this global thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even the Israelites, I won't even get into that, but they were a very small nation without much firepower. They were just everything. And and out of all of this, the history of Christianity comes to be. And so um, just inspiring many, just live your life and recognize the lane that you're in. And it's not about the numbers. It's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. It's about just taking care of the people that you can't. Loving on your family better. Loving on your siblings better. Mm-hmm. Taking care... I mean, my brother, I can't tell you how many times, and he doesn't even know all of them, but how many times he's inspired me just to be a better person and a better man just because he, he was a better brother and loved me so well. And so 
It, just know your lane, and it's not about, um, it, again, it's not about the quantity of people, but it's just about the quality. And so you can inspire many just by inspiring a few that go on to do something like you just never know the multitude and, and the reach and the depth and all that that happens just by taking care of people. It makes me think too, like, you know, I know my youth kids don't listen to podcasts. High schoolers don't normally do, um, especially middle schoolers definitely do not listen to podcasts, but they inspire me a lot too. It's fine. Inspiration. Yeah. You know, when I was a camp counselor, at, you know, 4-H camp, shout out to my 4-H folks. That aren't listening. I'm just kidding. <laughs> dude, Every single one of them listens. Um, they get off the farmland, you know, the, <laughs> they wake up at 6 a.m., get the eggs, get the cows milked, and then, you know, by sunset, they're ready to go. It's a little farming joke for my 4-H folks. Anyways, um, but when I was a camp counselor, I would have campers who inspire me, who just, like, just impact me. And, uh, you know, I just thought of this one just off the top of my head. This girl named Charlotte, and we'll go on to the next letter in a second, but... Uh, shout out to Charlotte. Y'all don't know who that is. I don't know why I have to give her a shout out. But Charlotte, we were on a confirmation retreat, and confirmation's like in the Methodist church. You know, it's kind of like a yes. Like I'll, I'll, um, you're confirming that you will, you will follow Jesus on your own, and you kind of like, of not under the umbrella of your parents' relationship with God. You're taking your own. You're taking a step outward. Anyways, and so we're at this retreat, and she like. She's a deep thinker, and she's thinking stuff. And I'm like, all right, well, what's going on? I can tell, like, something's going on. I can just feel the energy. And so when the class was over, it was just me and a couple of adults, and, and she was still there thinking. She's, like, in maybe seventh grade, eighth grade, no, seventh mm-hmm. grade. And I said, Charlotte, what's going on? Like, are you okay? And she said, man, I'm just, you know, I'm pondering something, which I'm like, okay, the fact that a middle school just said the word pondering yeah. lets me know that you're way smarter than I am. And she said, I'm pondering something. And I was like, what's up? She goes... I miss my grandma, or my grandmother. She passed away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. She's like, yeah, I, I missed her. I, miss, I still miss her. And, I, and she said, I know she's been struggling, and she's been sick, and she's been ill. And she said, and the pain that I feel not having her, and I know the pain that she's in, maybe the pain that I had and the prayer that I had to heal her, the pain and the prayer that I had to make her feel free of that pain and that sickness was her passing away and being with Jesus mm-hmm. and being in heaven because that's the only place where that pain and that sickness was not going to impact her is being with my heavenly father. Mm-hmm. I, I started like crying. This is a middle schooler yeah. telling me this. And like, she, like, she, like, and like, I was like, I mean, I mean, yeah, like maybe he, did answer your prayer of of that and and now she's with and I was like oh my god yeah and she and then <laughs> two minutes later she's outside playing dodgeball like with everybody else like ah, you know little middle school kid but letting the small little moments like that inspire you I say man yeah. that's awesome that's yeah. awesome yeah uh, anyways um, we're gonna go I, I, I digress man that story just gets me man that's just that's it's great powerful uh, is the next letter so we're talking about life. We have love, we have inspire, and the next letter is F, and that's fulfill God's call. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what was important when we did this was, and Chris was in that room, and Lauren and Avery, shout out to them, was we said we got to love, we have to inspire. And when we kind of 
are able to seek inspiration because Jesus is inspiring us by the people in our life, and then we can be inspiring, you know, and we have love is at our root. Once we kind of have an understanding of those two, then we can start fulfilling God's call fully versus, you know, if you fulfill it or trying to fulfill it, but you don't understand what the other two letters are, you're maybe not going to quite get it. You know, you're not going to quite be able to to accomplish that goal. So fulfill God's call reminds me of a little bit of, of the compass of being able to go and like, what's my Northwest? What's my passion? But to fulfill God's call is he has called us to love God, love him, mm-hmm. love thy neighbor, and go create disciples. That's the three yeah. things that he, he, he tells us to do. Like That's like, go do those things. Here's my two greatest commandments, and then the Great Commission. And so, but each one of us was created on purpose and for a purpose, and so we each have a way to fulfill that call in a unique way. Mm-hmm. Ben Mayfield has a different way to fulfill the Nathan Dickens. It's the same calling, but a different way to to do it to to um, to and, and to complete the order to complete the calling that he has us because we have different passions, we have different creativity. So even though we had the same uh, calling, we have different ways to fulfill it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I mean it makes sense, and I think that's important. You know, Jesus repeated multiple times that the greatest commandment is to love God with everything and then love your neighbor as yourself. And so there's a lot to unpack there, but Jesus also says, be holy as I am holy. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, is that we, like, a lot of times trying to understand what's God's will for my life, what's God's calling, like, I want to I wanna, uh, fulfill, what was it, fulfill? Uh, God's call. Fulfill God's call. How do I do that? What do I need to do? Love God with everything, love your neighbors yourself, and be holy as I am holy. And and so if we can break it down and keep it simple, is that God does want us to be holy as Jesus is holy. God wants us and desires us to follow the way of life that he's given us. And so that looks like every day we we be with the Lord. And um it 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 takes it takes time, you know? I mean, it's not just something, okay, well, God's call and God's will for my life is just to do this, do this, do this, do this, and it's going to be uh, mapped out in a blueprint, and we're going, it's just going to be so clear and concise. It's not always going to be that way. In fact, I'd say most of the time it's not. Have you seen, like, in your own life where that's changed, where you feel like you're fulfilling God's call, and then something big happens where you go, oh, I need to, I need to pivot what I'm doing to fully fulfill that. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. I, for me, I, I've always, the more I get too in my head and I'm I'm too overthinking, I guess you could say, the more I like, I, I just, it, it creates more anxiety and all. And I know God's not trying to give me anxiety and all this other type of stuff. So I try to simplify. And what I've realized is like, God, I feel called to to do full-time ministry, especially with college students. I feel mm. called to do this stuff, but what really I've, I've figured out, God's will is for me to love him with everything, to love my neighbors myself, and to be holy as he is holy. I can be a plumber. I can be an accountant. I, could, uh, I can do whatever, like, I, like, within the context, as long as I'm going after the Lord in the sense of doing that daily, just doing the best that I can to love God with everything, love my neighbor as myself, and to be holy as He is holy, like really, you know, allow for Scripture and allow for the Holy Spirit to transform my heart and to learn. Then, then I'm I'm within God's, I'm I'm fulfilling 
what God's calling me to do. Uh, you reminded me of a story. Billy, Billy Leasing, our, our mutual, really good friend of ours, amazing. shout out to Billy. He built the table that were married uh, to Ursula. That you married to Ursula, early, yeah, both amazing people who painted the table. So they're, I mean, they're incredible. They've been. A, I should do an episode of just how impactful they have been in my life. But Billy was telling me he he was my real estate agent when I bought this house, mm-hmm. um, the podcast studio that this house is in, uh, or the studios in the house, whatever you know what I'm saying. But he was telling me, you're talking about like you know a plumber things like that. He said, Ben, I'm a real estate agent. I'm not a, I'm not a minister, and so sometimes you could think about how can I fulfill, you know, God's call as a real estate agent. He goes, buying a house is scary. Yeah. Buying a house is is uncharted territory. It's a financial commitment. It's a you're in this process that can be overwhelming and stressful. Finding a home, closing on a home, like there's a whole different process and different uh, loopholes and things you have to do. He goes, I I can see that as my ministry yeah. of I'm going to love these people. I'm going to care for. Them. I'm not going to try to cheat them or do them wrong. I'm going to do this just. I'm going to guide them. And he did that with me. I could speak personally. Like he helped guide me through the process and like cared for me. Yeah. And like it was, it was an opportunity that he was in where he said, "Real estate is not a ministry job. It's not in a you know a job that makes you sound like you know you're not in the medical field where you're healing. You know, yeah. or you know things that are kind of obvious of like, okay, that's a good job. Like you're you're helping people. But even in the job like that, he goes, I'm. I'm taking the opportunity that I've given and the job that I've taken to help people. Well, I think, and I think that's important to recognize, but especially in, in the Western culture, everything, your, your occupation typically defines you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people, you always hear people, there's the pastor and there's this, and, there, and I'm not saying there's anything inherently wrong with that, but we've, we've regulated it to like, okay, well, if I want to do God's will and I, I really feel called to like, loving God, loving others, then I'm, I'm called to the ministry and I have to do a full-time ministry job or I have to do this. And the thing is, is that God has called us and, and we're all, we all have gifts and graces and God calls us to many different things. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, is living it out, which with whatever lane you're in, the whole inspire many, Billy Leasing has been an inspiration and Ursula Leasing have been inspirations to us both. And, and like, I haven't done business with Billy per se, but you know, like, and, and we haven't interacted with Ursula because she's not, our, she's a elementary school nurse. She's a nurse, but she's just nursing in an elementary school. We didn't go to that elementary school, right. and she, you know, there wasn't that <clears throat> um, aspect to it, but they they know the lane that they're in, the gifts that they've been given, and they want to love God and love people within the place that they're in. And so in doing that, no matter what the occupation is, no matter what you love doing and you want to do that well, you do it in a way that brings glory to God. And mm-hmm. and in doing that, you inspire many, you fulfill, you do all that type of stuff. And I think that's very important to remember. It's not about the occupation or what the title is or what you're doing. It's about how you're doing it. It's about how you perceive it. Instead of just, obviously, Billy does it because he makes a living for his family. But he doesn't go into it like, how can I screw over people to to make money and right. to do this? And I want to kind of trick people with it. No, he's saying, I recognize how scary this is, and I want to love people well, and I want to take care of them the way God would take care of them. And I can do that through buying or selling of houses or property or whatever that is. And so you do that. And that's the same if you're in high school right now, if you're in college, or if you're what, you know what, you may not be exactly where 
you don't know where you're going or what you're going to be doing, but you can live out God's will and fulfill what God has for you right now just by living day to day and doing, you know, being holy as God is holy and, and doing those things. Absolutely. And so now we get to a point where we're, we're loving everyone, inspiring many, and fulfilling God's call. And the last letter of life is empower others. And we, we thought this was a really good last letter to sum up what, what life should be like. Because, you know, love is at the core, it's the first. You're inspiring because you're learning who inspires you and how to inspire. You're fulfilling God's call because you have an understanding of that. But through fulfilling the call, now it's kind of that creating that disciple aspect yeah. of let's empower others. Yeah. And empowering others sometimes can be, I think sometimes can be some one of the most challenging because we don't want to interfere or uh, diverge from our own steady path. You know, I know how to love. I feel like I'm fulfilling and I know that I'm inspiring, but I don't want to, I don't want to like mess with other people's thing. I don't mess with their vibe or their juju. So we don't we inhibit ourselves from empowering. But really, what it's trying to say is, man, you have a story, you have an experience, you have something that can really um, empower someone to be in a role uh, that could help somebody. I think of, you know, the opportunities that I've been given. You know, mm-hmm. Chris Davis saw a man who was broken. A man, I don't know if I told the story on the podcast or if I told Nathan, but I was invited to a youth when I was in college, my freshman year in college. My friend Aaron McKeith, and I talked to him today on the phone. Shout out to Aaron. Aaron said, hey, man, let's hang out Sunday afternoon. I said, all right, cool. We're hanging out. He goes, oh, I got to go to this youth program. You should come with me. You're an education major. Come on. I was like, all right, whatever. And we go, and I hear these two worship songs. And they hit, they hit real hard. And I'm in the back mm-hmm. of the room. I, I don't know these kids. I, I feel kind of weird. Like, oh, I'm in these high schoolers in worship. I don't know these people. I just know Aaron. And it was a song, Love Never Fails, It Never Gives Up, Never Runs Out on Me. And the song, uh, Set a Fire Down in My mm-hmm. Soul That I Can't Contain, Can't Control. And those songs just hit me, and I walked out. I walked out of the youth house. This is back at the, the yeah. Bison Art Center was the youth house. And I walked out. And I'm like trying to like just like breathe and like, like why am I getting teary eyed? Like what what is going on? And Chris Davis walks out. He says, Hey man, walk with me. I was like, I don't know who this guy is. Like I've I've never met him before. And he's like, What's going on, dude? Like I can feel there's something on, dude. Like, what's going on? And I said, You know, I've had this relationship with a girl that's just kind of failed. My mom's sick. Um, all my close friends from high school are all different colleges. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to go to the college that I wanted to go to, that I kind of built my mind that I needed to go to, and through reasons I couldn't get to go. And it was all these elements that were just real heavy. And and I said, I feel like there's a void in my heart that mm-hmm. is just empty. And I feel like lost. I feel like there's nothing. It's just an abyss. And he said, man, like, can I just pray for you? Like, you know, you know this is through, yeah. um, shortening the conversation. And he said, can I pray for you? And I said, yeah. And on the side where um, the people who are not from DeLong don't know this, but I'll talk to Nathan, where the Wesley House is, mm-hmm. and you're going up there, we're walking yeah. up there, and those rails are. And I just, he's praying for me, and I just start busting out crying. And I said, man, I need, I, I need, I don't think I said, I accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I said, but I need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, I need, that's what I said. I said, I need Jesus. And he said, man, he's, he's here. He's here. And through that, Chris empowered me 
to to figure out what faith was for me mm-hmm. and what that looked like. And then he gave me an opportunity, and, I, and I'm very thankful for this for the rest of my life, is he said, man, you have talents as a counselor, as an education major, to work with kids. Yeah. You may not know the spiritual, all the, the deep, deep theological stuff, but I know you have a great heart and a way to connect with kids. Will you come work with youth? And I said, yeah, man. And I haven't stopped. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, you know, 10 years ago. That's a decade ago. And I haven't stopped. And he empowered me because he saw a spark. And he said, man, I got to give this kid an opportunity. And so I think as the responsibility of life is seeing people and going, I want to give them an opportunity to empower them, to explore their faith, to deepen their faith, but mm-hmm. also challenge them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, well, then, and that's the thing, like, a big part of what you're talking about is speaking life into people. Oh, you know, dude, we, and we, you're, you're, you, I, I, you talk about this at Wesley one time or a couple times, and I still use it because that's that was a powerful sermon that you gave about speaking life into people and not death, dude. Powerful stuff. Well, if you got notes, let me know because I don't remember that. But, oh, but we'll talk later. But uh, but speaking life, you know, the the thing is, is that God sees no. Uh, no body, no situation, no anything that is irredeemable or, um, like, God God can redeem and restore anything, everything, any person, any situation. And so the thing is, is a big part of empowering is speaking life into people where they may not see it. And and we're, we're always, especially in the culture that we're living in, it's, it, there's so much hate and death being spoken over people. So true. When you figure out that they believe a certain way or they think this way or they have certain political beliefs or they support this person or whatever it is, and and immediately it's just hatred spewed. And, you know, hate cannot expel hate. Only love can. And, And we are to empower people and speak life into them. And a part of empowering people, see, here here's the challenge is that, especially as you're younger and as you start getting older, you... When you're younger, you, death may be somewhat of a reality, but it's not really. You think that you're just going to live forever, and you got all this time, and it's going to be, you know, you're going to live 60 years, 80 years, and it just feels like forever away. But what happens is when we don't empower people, there's a prideful thing in humans that we want to be useful. Right. And we want to, in a way, we want control, and we don't want to be seen as not being useful. Chris Davis says this, and I, I believe it wholeheartedly, is that you should always be working yourself out of a job. It sounds counterintuitive, but you should be empowering people and giving people opportunities to um, speak life into them, but then to speak life into others and to share knowledge, share wisdom, share experiences, no matter what, you know, if you're in high school, elementary school, whatever it is, you empower people by giving them opportunities and caring for them and, and speaking life into them. And it, it's great because it's kind of like, um, I kind of see it as like passing the torch, yeah. is that I'm not always going to be relevant. In fact, I might not be relevant now. I'm not always going to be fit to be a, a Wesley director. I'm not always going to be fit to do a certain job. But you can empower people to take the torch and run with it. I love The Office. The Office is one of my favorite yes. shows. And there's wow. um, there's a podcast, uh, Office Girls, I forget what yeah, it is. It was uh, Pam and Angela, yeah. the yeah, actresses. Yeah. And they talk about different things on The Office. I haven't listened to it, but my roommate listens to every episode, and he says it's phenomenal. But there's there's one thing that every one of them said about Steve Carell 
they loved working with Steve Carell because one of the things Steve Carell always did is he would always like empower and embolden people. He wanted people to succeed in their characters and he would always try to get them to make the funniest joke or to have the punchline. He didn't have to be the center of it all. Even though Steve Carell was critical, especially the first, well, how many seasons? Six, seven eight, seasons, eight, eight seasons did, or whatever? Eight seven. Season. Okay, that he was on it. He was the main character, the biggest person there, but he wasn't trying to be the head honcho. He wanted other people to succeed and he wanted to help people and set up people with jokes, set up people with the ability to be the funnier person or to be whatever character it was. And I think that is something as empowering people is that, you know, you may be, I don't know why this came to mind, you may be the greatest baseball high school player that, that's gone through your school. This is true. And it's easy to be like, okay, well, I'm going to get mine and I'm going to show how good I am. That, you know, okay, continue to work on your skills. But share your skills with other people. Show them the way. Empower them to take over when you're gone. You know, if it's ministry-wise or it's a job-wise or it's uh, classroom-wise, like, empower people to share your knowledge, share your wisdom, listen to other people. And I think that that's a great way, just empowering people that we have to do. Um, and, and don't worry about, you know, I'm going to, uh, the, the temptation is to get prideful and then to say like, oh, well, I'll be useless or I'll be this. No, 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 no. You're empowering people. You know, a lot, all the Wesley kids always kid around, especially the, the leadership. And they're just like, man, you just delegate everything. Do you even do any work? And I laugh and I'm like, no, not really. I, I do. But the thing is, is that I want to empower people so that way they feel emboldened and they feel courageous enough and they feel like they have experiences that they can go out and say, you know what? I can do this. I right. can live life. And I want to speak life into it. And so they kind of all go hand in hand in a way. They really do. And I was just thinking about like one of my favorite Michael Scott quotes is, um, I want to be married and have 100 kids. So I can have a hundred friends, <laughs> and no one can say no to being my friend. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. I love Michael Scott. I, I know it's so Michael sad, Scott. but it's like that was that was child Michael Scott too. Yeah, in the TV show. That's so good. Um, um, <laughs> I just he's got so many quotes that he does. I just love. Um, the one is like, "Would I rather be feared or loved? Easy, both. I want people to be afraid of how much <laughs> they love, love me. me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like." Uh, uh, but no, just to, you know, we're, we're coming up to our last little segment here, you know, nugget of wisdom. But before we get to that, it's just, it's important. And I'm doing this series with my youth kids. And spoiler alert, if they listen to this, the, the sermon series is ruined. But is life is critical. You know, you only get one chance at it. But if you do it right, once is enough, you know. And so if you if you think about, well, what is life and what is the elements of it? And that's why we try to break it down. It's like, man, love everyone, inspire many, fulfill God's call, and empower others. If you can get those core elements and, and, and deep dive into each one of them and what that means in, in your spiritual walk and your faith and how that can impact others and also your relationship with Jesus, you're not going to you're not going to live a perfect life, but you're living a life for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really critical. And the last part I'll, I'll say about life is it's better lived in community. And I, I say that because I have a fear, and if you're still listening, I appreciate it, DM us if you've gotten this far, is sometimes I have, and this is my personally speaking, is I'm insecure about people getting to my heart. You know, and maybe a lot of people have that struggle, but 
and I don't want to open up or I'm afraid someone's going to hurt me or abuse me or I'm afraid. And you said this earlier uh, tonight. You said having a relationship, and I almost, I'm going to get emotional just thinking about you saying this because I've never imagined a girl or a woman looking at me and saying, I choose you, Ben Mayfield. You said that earlier. You said, I choose you. In the in the in, 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 in a in different episode, episode, yeah, where you talked about like um, I choose you for who you are who and who you're and not. Who you're and not. the beautiful thing just to say about yeah. that is that God has chosen us, right? And I, so, anyways, yeah, you know, I, I but I struggle with that, and so therefore, sometimes when we struggle with not wanting to be hurt, we isolate ourselves and make ourselves by ourselves, so we can't be hurt. And I, I just encourage people to be. V- courageously vulnerable be vulnerable and go out and create community or plug into community whether you know i know wesley is a great uh had a great impact on me and the the youth ministry had an impact on me but having a group of guys or a group of girls or a co-ed group where you can just be poured into in a safe place and say hey man i got some struggles i'm struggling with the inspire many or i'm struggling with the fulfilling god's call and you had that community that enriches life and i think we forget that element well and uh, just a piggyback that real quick is that um i was reading this book and something that he said that i just completely agree with is that um he said god calls us to solitude not isolation and so um we are to get away with the lord and spend time just alone with him but god has not called us to isolation just to mm-hmm. to be hermits and all that i mean some people may be called to be monks and do that but i'm just saying we're not called to isolation no, that's uh, powerful. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, um, really, I love, I love interaction. So please message us if you have something, and um, we're going to get into this nugget of wisdom um, real quick because that's how we like to end every episode. But before we get to there, just remember to message us because we, I love interaction. If you have some life, some things you want to add on to it, do us. But uh, we're going to the nugget of wisdom. Naders, you do the honors. Okay. Um, so. Uh, especially the beginning of the podcast, you were talking about how a lot of times people feel like they have to um, reach a certain level before they can do other things for people and how um, they really go hand in hand and kind of hearing your story of, you know, Chris calling you into youth ministry even Mm -hmm. while you were at a really low place and maybe you didn't know all the theology or all this, but you knew you could be with people and and he saw that. But something my dad says at weddings that I, I... it, there's so much wisdom in this. He always says, Nathan, well, he says this at marriages, but he, he was talking to me one time. He said, um, when he marries people, uh, but he told me once, he said, Nathan, I am no more married to your mother. They've been married for 39 years, 38 years, somewhere in there, maybe, f- no, 39. And um, he said, I'm no more married to your mother today than I was the day that I said I do to her but I hope that I'm a better husband. And so the way that I look at that is that you are no more a Christian and in the body of Christ than the day that you said, I want Jesus in my life. Before you knew everything, before you studied, before you read everything, you you don't reach these certain levels. Now I can do these certain things. Now I can do these things. But we hope that over the years that we become more faithful servants of Christ. And so no matter where you are in your life with God, no matter where you are in your personal life or spiritual or whatever it is, you are no more a Christian and a part of the Christian body than the day that you accepted Christ in your heart. But hopefully over time, 
we can become more faithful servants. So don't don't like don't sit there and be like, do I know this enough, or do I know this, or I can't do this because I'm not at this level, or I can't do this because um, I haven't reached this, or I don't know enough about this. You are where God has you right now, and we all want to become more faithful followers and faithful servants as the years go on, but that is a lifelong process. We will be doing that till the, our last breath on this earth is becoming more faithful servants. So don't try to level up or try to reach these certain levels. Just serve God where you're at and trust Him and trust that you are becoming a more faithful follower. Dang, man. I, it makes me think I probably should have went first because mine's... Uh... You know, Joe Dirt, Joe Dirt said, uh, life's a garden, dig it. Amen, brother. You know. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I quoted Jackie Moon, and I've quoted Joe Dirt. No, you're absolutely right, man. That's that's some powerful stuff. And I love Ed Dickens, by the way. Incredible. Shout out to him. Good man. Listen, guys and gals, listeners, life is incredibly beautiful. It's incredibly powerful. And so what are you going to live it for? Are you going to live it for the Lord? Live it for yourself. I think there's opportunity to to say, hey, man, I don't know all the answers, but I'm willing to listen. I'm w- willing to learn. I'm willing to, to leverage my life to lift up the kingdom. And I think that's important. So love everyone, inspire many, fulfill God's call, and empower others. And be in community and you'll experience an enriching, true life. Thank you for listening to the Great White Buffalo Podcast. We appreciate y'all joining the herd. Nathan, thank you so much for being here today, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the Great White Buffalo Podcast. Like us on Apple. Five-star rating would be very beautiful and wonderful. Write us a review. It takes less than two minutes, and it helps us out a lot. And be looking out for future episodes. And we love you, and uh, we hope you uh, live a full fulfilled life. Amen.